Pro football player Travis Kelsey is pressed for time during the football season. So he does two things at once. Whether it's grilling while mowing. Two things at once! Or getting this season's updated COVID-19 shot at the same visit as his flu shot. Two things at once. You can be like Travis and ask your pharmacist about getting this season's COVID-19 shot at the same visit as your flu shot, if you're due for both, as recommended by the CDC. Learn more and schedule at VaxAssist.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. Need quality and accessible health care at a minimal cost? Get Antidote Health. We offer individual and family plans with zero co-pays for online doctor visits 24-7, pediatric visits, mental health care, and more. Some plans even have a cashback benefit, and you'll get access to top-tier providers like Cleveland Clinic. Open enrollment has started, so sign up today at antidotehealth.com slash start. Dollar copays and cashback not available on all services or prescription drugs. Consult your plan for more information. You are now listening to the Going Deep Podcast with your hosts, Kevin Massari and Mike Bunt, live from the Cover One Sports Network. Here we go. Welcome into a new edition of the Going Deep Podcast. I'm your host today, as always, Kevin Massari, here with Mike Bunt to talk about completing the Bills roster, what might be going on across the league. What are the Bills thinking about? How are they going to finish this completion going into the draft? What might be some ways that they continue to target some position groups there? Mike, we're going to get right into it. I know we're a few minutes late. You're talking offline about some stuff that may be going down within the team, whether you know each of us are kind of on different sides of the fence on what we think might be happening or what might be happening across. So we wanted to to chat it out a little bit before coming live but mike how you doing today i'm doing great uh, a lot going on uh, exciting time with the draft a month away and all the deandre hopkins trade rumors is it legit is it not uh, we'll give our opinions on that in just a little bit and uh, we'll talk mm-hmm. a little bit about our conversation uh, yeah. later on what uh what kevin wants to say and we'll, we'll see how we uh we roll into that as always this show is brought to you by sons of erie www.instagram.com slash sons of Erie. Check them out. Amazing small batch work that they make. Uh, it's a super cool, uh, really super cool brand. Glad to have them on board. Um, but there's, you know, a good amount of news to kind of come out late last week. Um, as after our show, we, we, we last talked to everybody. Uh, some news started to break more and more about potential addition of DeAndre Hopkins. Where's OBJ? He is said to be in Arizona, I believe, not Baltimore, um, to talk to the Ravens and potentially other teams that he has met with. Uh, he is at the top, has always been toward the top of the Bills list for the last few months. I really feel that and have that on good authority. Um, we'll see if that's an avenue that they explore still. You have Kansas City in the running here to, to upgrade the receiver room. You have Baltimore snipping around. You have the Raiders in and out, but they don't seem like serious players. And then maybe you have other options. You have Denver going with New England. That might be a natural fit at some time, making a deal between the two of them. Seems like that could be a draft day decision there. Uh, that that might be a good, a more natural fit to what New England's hoping to do. And then you kind of have a few extra teams like Atlanta kind of sitting and watching this receiver market pretty closely. But realistically, if you want a winning organization, and I think that these veteran players at least do, between OBJ and DeAndre Hopkins, 
where's Brandon Ayuk fit into this story recently on the trade market uh, reported by a few different places. Does he play a role into this on draft day? Does San Francisco make a big move there remains to be seen, but Odell's looking like showing up now and looking like he's pretty prepared to make a decision. Finally, uh, Mike, we've been talking about him for months and months and months. It does look like he's willing to make a decision uh, in the short term to find the right fit rather than keep waiting it out. Uh, Clayus Campbell, is another name that was rumored to the Bills. He's going to the Jets on Thursday to check that out. There is no visit set up uh, per Brandon Bean at this stage. Uh, I don't know if that's not going to happen, if they've pivoted since the Taylor Rapp news. Uh, really quality signing. Let's start there, Mike, and we'll get into receivers and some potential ads there. A quality safety uh, to add as a third safety. You could do multiple different things with him. Could you bring him into a big nickel role, a thick dime role? You know, you could be position versatile in a robber situation. He's a player that's going to bring a lot. He's a thumper. He has big hits. Um, he's a very, very, very supportive uh, of his of the rest of his team in terms of what he's able to do and add as a dynamic piece to maybe missing, missing Tremaine Edmonds. Now you might run different personnel packages. Had a value of two uh, $10 million, ends up signing under two. So a good addition and one that was said to maybe replace Jordan Poyer had they not came to terms earlier this offseason. What's your initial opinion on adding a third safety and, and pretty much checking off the DB uh, from the rest of the offseason for the most part? Yeah, I, I was surprised when I heard the Bills had signed him. I'm 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 happy about it. It was just kind of out of left field. There wasn't really a lot of talk uh, prior to the signing that that was a possibility. But uh, you, you think about it. You're adding a guy that was a, a former second-round pick in 2019, has started on the Rams uh, over the past four years, and, and really brings um, another dimension to what they could throw uh, at teams as far as strategy-wise. You've talked about uh, a few things where they could maybe have the three, uh, three safety looks and, and kind of use that to try to confuse teams, but you're talking about a guy that, that mm. is a solid player overall. And the Bills got him on the cheap as well. The, one of the big things, Kev, that we've been talking about on our show and the rest of Cover One guys have been talking about is the comp picks. And the, the Bills are still good as far as that formula going forward. Bean has said that any additional free agent signings coming forward are going to be under $2 million. They don't want to uh, mess with that uh, number right now. And, and when you look at Taylor Rapp, uh, I know I'm a little bit hypocritical bringing up PFF grades when I've been critical of pro football focus so much uh, in the past. But you just look at it last year, 76.2 grade, which is pretty solid overall. Uh, 82.3 in run defense, which is uh, a very strong grade uh, for safety. Uh, pass rush was a 65.6, and then coverage was a 72.9. That is quite an improvement over what he had the year prior. So how will the Bills implement him? How much will he be seeing the field? Uh, your guess is as good as mine at this point. Um, could he just be some added depth and security for the Bills? Possibly, but I don't think you bring in this guy to just ride the bench. They are going to have uh, him in different schemes, and uh, I would imagine they have plans in place for him to at least contribute at a certain level. They certainly do. Uh, that's not a move that you're hoping. Yes, it's depth, but that's not a move that you're just hoping to, to stock the cupboards. All obviously, you're always thinking about that, but that's definitely a move uh, that you're that you're looking to have in certain packages that you're looking to utilize as a part-time starter, spot starter. 
uh, there is definitely a plan for rap and I'm pretty excited to see what that plan is. I'm glad that Poirier and rap came in, you know, you re-signed Dane Jackson to a little bit more friendly of a deal than his RFA tender. I have six D uh, cornerbacks currently on the roster. I don't know who's going to get replaced from that unit. You have Saran Neal uh, in, in terms of a special teamer. Uh, you have Jackson kind of backing everybody up. You have two young players in Benford and Elam. And then you also have your, you know, um, you know, potentially, you know, you have Taron Johnson and Trey White as your starters. So I don't think anything of, of there is going to change. You have a really good corner class. I don't know who's going to get knocked out of that. Does DeMar Hamlin play? There's much to be talked about that. We saw his most recent testing on his 25th birthday. Uh, does he play again? It seems like it's trending that way uh, as maybe the fourth or fifth safety won't need to be utilized. Maybe can can participate a little bit on special teams. I'm not sure that's a riskier unit um, for injuries as they as much talked about right now at the league owners meeting um, for how, how risky special teams is and maybe some rules around that. So will, will that be a natural fit for Hamlin? It's where they'd like him. But with the injury risks there, I don't know if that's the first thing that they have him do. Maybe be a player um, inactive uh, for, for the season and gets a roster spot. Uh, maybe I'm not exactly sure what the plan might be there. But you have also Cam Lewis and uh, Anderson from Kansas City behind them at the safety room, the, the three you know players we've already talked about today. So to me, the DB unit is solidified. I don't think there's much movement there. I think using a sixth or fifth or a sixth, is still challenging. I'm not sure whose roster position would get knocked off there. Uh, so I do believe that 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 the rap signing to me, and then obviously the resigning of Dane Jackson, kind of eliminate much in the DB. And it's nice to have a unit. And Mike Clay um, has since said the Bills had the best DB unit in the league, which is which is a nice uh, best safety bit uh, best safeties in the league. Pretty high ranked corners, but a combination the best DB room in the league. So that's pretty uh, pretty nice to see. As you look at linebacker, obviously you have one all pro and you have a gaping hole at linebacker. We'll get into the linebacker, I promise, uh, in our draft shows. We got some specific things we're thinking about in at linebacker. Will it we've heard much? Will it be Dodson? Will it be Bernard? Will it be Spectre? That's right now the what's coming out of the league meetings. Uh, and the Bills feel pretty comfortable with the trio competing for one spot. If that's what it came down to, and they solidified everywhere else on the roster with draft and the rest of free agency. I'm, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I don't feel terrible about it. I just don't want to be pigeonholed into a hundred percent needing to make crazy moves to come up and get a linebacker. We'll talk all draft starting next week, Mike, we're going to get into the April draft stuff. So come and tune in next week as we'll, we'll break down. We'll obviously starting with their bigger needs and we'll start at linebacker. Um, yeah, before you move on, I do want to just address this yeah. question quick. Where did Poe finish compared to uh, Taylor Rapp? Well, if you go to PFF, Poirier last year, 75.4. Rap was a 76.2. Big difference in the run defense scores. Uh, Poirier was a 68.2 compared to 82.3 for Rap. Uh, yeah. Pass rush, make what you want of it, 59.4 for Poirier and 65.6 for uh, for Rap. And then coverage was a 72.9 for Rap and a 76.2 for Poirier. So if you go based off PFF scores, which I'll tell you never to do because – it's it's a good a reference good, point it's a good starting good point way to grade players overall well it's a good reference point to to start uh, your views but pff would have taylor rapp and jordan pyre pretty evenly graded overall based on their performance last year so that kind of gives you an idea at least the upside of what rap can bring to buffalo you're talking about a guy that uh, when healthy is has been a solid player in the nfl 
um, over the course of his career. And you're not, I'm not expecting a superstar or anything like that. He obviously is coming on the cheap to Buffalo on a one-year deal, but he does have some ability. He certainly does. And uh, like, like we talked about, he was going to be the replacement for Poyer had Poyer left. And I truly believe that they, they signed him. So truly there's some, there's some truth to that, uh, that they, they did point him out to be. And then obviously continuing to stay engaged and discuss, and, and we're going to assume the $1.7 million number. Uh, it's impressive. That's a signing that did. I think he was going to get the 10 at, at some point this offseason. I did. I thought the safety market would move after Bates, who was grossly overpaid, uh, and I'm a and I'm Bates fan, but you look at the other values from you know CJ um, down to Poyer to um, down to Rap. I don't know. I don't know how I'm feeling about being able to get Poyer and Rap for the same price as Bates. Um, and even Von Bell got a pretty decent contract. Not crazy. I just think he was grossly overpaid in a market that wasn't dictating like that. Um, same thing with Edmonds. Edmonds got a lot more than the rest of the linebacker room. So there was the one top guy. And then you had in the linebacker room, a bunch of manageable to service seven or less. Same thing in the safety room, the one top guy, and then seven or less. Um, and rap. once I saw those numbers coming in, I didn't think he was going to get that 10. I thought he'd be one of those second tier guys getting between five and seven. I did not think he would agree to a one seven deal. Thus, pretty much securing the Bills' third round pick. So, yay, comp pick bingo looks like there isn't going to be a move that's going to remove that. All the people that laughed about it, all the other um, you know, people that would joke that why do people care so much? Well, because you're getting a top 100 pick now. So, yes, it wasn't great to lose Edmonds, but Brandon Bean cared and he said it. He basically did enough to keep, I think he said it most recently uh, this week, that he cared enough uh, that he's going to sign under the comp pick. For, he he proved it to us that he does consider it uh, going forward. So everyone's getting this one seven deal. I have it, you know, will they sign Jordan Phillips as we get to the D line? I think it's likely have it on good authority that Shaq Lawson has been spoken to and um, been discussing contracts. We'll see if that ever gets to a point that uh, gets done, but definitely someone that loves Phillips. They last time Phillips got him to sign. I do think they're almost like a combo room, uh, combo pick that really great depth, fourth and f- fourth defensive end, fourth defensive tackle. That's really good depth at one seven or less. And uh, we'll see if that ends up materializing uh, or not. So keep an eye on Phillips and Lawson here this week, specifically and definitely into uh, into the draft. So the D line is in a pretty good position. We don't know what's going to happen with with um, Von Miller right now. We don't know. I mean, I've heard anything from September to November and anything in between. So I, I, I think it's going to be different than Trey. I don't think it's November, in my opinion. You don't have to do you know corner. It's it's really intensive on your knee. Uh, the cuts that you have to you have to keep up with the receivers. There's a lot more movement laterally. Uh, so I don't believe it's going to be. And he had a little bit harder of a time with the rehab as well. Vaughn's golfing. He's out and about. Doesn't even look like. I mean, he's favoring it a little bit with still a little bit of um um extra baggage on his thigh but it doesn't look like at all that there's going to be a major issue i do think it's on the shorter end probably for real this time probably the four weeks that we are hoping for with uh trey last week i i I, last year i think it's october 1st for him but that means that you still need a couple uh a guy that can take some snaps away like you did last year well the bills still felt pretty good with gregory Rousseau, aj epinesa potentially shaq lawson will we see an edge rusher in this draft get into that next week but i but i but i do personally think that an addition will come uh via the draft at the defensive end spot defensive tackle if they hold on to von uh if they hold on to um at oliver they're in good shape um if they don't obviously they have a gaping hole what will they do they're sending out the same 1.7 million dollar deal to defensive tackles 
maybe with Campbell, the whole, the whole situation, even though he wouldn't count against the comp formula because he was cut, Mike. Campbell has been rumored to, to be interested, but there's nothing been set up yet. Maybe we weren't in the same ballpark with money. Maybe he's, he's known to maybe get a little bit more from the Jack, from the Jaguars, uh, that the Bills were like, I don't know yet if we're going to get to whatever those discussions are going with the other three teams. So we'll see if that uh, materializes as well. But the D-line's in better shape than we want to believe, um, before the draft especially. But I do believe with Ed Oliver, who they like, and we've heard again about this this injury, that ankle injury that he had, um, I think they feel pretty good about Ed. And I know that's not the most popular opinion, but they're definitely not. That's one I feel pretty comfortable on. They're definitely not dealing him for a fourth-round pick. I don't believe that helps the team out. I know we look at that $10 million contract, but I don't think that that happens, Mike. So as we build this roster out, as that's what this addition is, we're now uh, March 28th going into April here, Friday. Do you think that they move at Oliver as, as April 1st approaches? We've talked about it in the past, but now kind of we've seen the first month of moves. What are you thinking with Ed? I do believe the team has plans for him, especially if someone's not going to overpay. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm kind of tired of talking about Ed Oliver because I feel like in the last month, it went from something that we brought up on our show as kind of a possibility to something that Bill's Mafia has been maybe clamoring for uh, in some respects in recent weeks, uh, especially with the DeAndre Hopkins trade rumors uh, that were taking place last week. I heard a lot of a uh, lot of people saying, "Oh, give up Ed Oliver, get up DeAndre Hopkins," and I don't think it was ever as simple as that. I I feel like this is a scenario where we start bringing up names and then you just start pushing players out that you don't really need to force out. Yes. I understand there's uh, a side, a group of fans are scared of losing him for absolutely nothing. Just like we went through with Tremaine Edmonds, but I could make an argument that having him on a contract year would be more valuable than losing him for nothing either way. So like, if you're going to only get a fourth round pick in return, I'd rather just play him this year and see if he has another level in him with money on the line. We've seen players like Marcel Darius take it up to the next level when they knew a bag of cash was waiting for them. And yes, if Oliver plays amazing, it could make things tricky with, do you want to resign him? Do you let him walk next year? But I would just take it as, you're going to get a good performance by your defense this year if Ed Oliver is feasting out there. And the, the truth about it is, other than freeing up cap, what would the Bills really gain by trading Ed Oliver at this point? You're trading a top, you're trading a top 10 pick who, even though he hasn't lived up to expectations with the Bills, is still one of your better D linemen overall. He's, at worst, a good player. I I think we struggle as fans sometimes with the expectations game, where when we have a first-round pick or a top-ten pick, and then they don't live up to the elite expectations that we set for them, we we start labeling these guys as busts, or we say that they stink. He's not a bad player. And I I get it, RJ. I, I understand that you want him gone and that you don't think he's worth the 20 million that he'll probably want that said this is a team that's the bills are a team that's fighting for a super bowl right now 
what value does a third round pick add right now to the Bills Super Bowl chase? Like we're, we've had these conversations over the past year or two where we have Bills fans talking about going all in. Well, trading at Oliver is not going all in. That's actually having your team get worse this year for the hope that a player that you don't even know who it'll be in a year will eventually come in and contribute. Being a third-round pick, it could be a guy that takes a year, two, three years to even have value in that spot. And we're looking at Terrell Bernard where we don't even know when he will be an impact player or if he will be on the Bills. So I don't want to just get rid of him for what could be next to nothing. This guy was a top 10 pick. If if we're going to get rid of him, get some true value back. Do not do a salary dump for a guy that is in the early part of his career and still has untapped potential. Right. I think the interesting thing about Ed is the team agrees. I know a lot of us don't necessarily at times. He's got a $10 million evaluation on spot track now. And we've seen on defensively, at least that spot track has struggled. It's less than said. So I, I, I think the 20 million, unless he balls out in which the bills would benefit the $20 million AAV is a little ridiculous. Like I don't think he's anywhere near that right now. I think he's in an approve it deal on his year six, if he gets there. However, if he does ball, what's it going to be today? Skyline three-way or cheese conies. Hmm. That's a tough one. I know. Give me a Skyline three-way and cheese conies. Problem solved. Feeling good. It's Skyline time. Life's better with an auto policy from American Family Insurance. No matter what dreams you're driving towards. That's because our expert agents will make you feel totally protected with the right auto coverage at the right price. You'll also save up to 23% when you bundle auto with home. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. To your point, I think that that at that stage, yes, he might go over the 10, 10 and a half. And the Bills probably tried to undercut it. They probably tried to say, right now, cash it in, Ed. We'll give you seven to nine a year. Escalate it up to 10 to 12 at the back end of the deal. And let's, let's do it. He has seemingly decided to bet on himself um, and that he will be a $20 million AAV guy. It's interesting to me that I don't know that he'll get there. And if he does, the Bills benefit greatly this season, to your point, in a win-now year. They benefit great. If he's a $20 million AAV guy, he balled this year. And that would that would greatly um, help the Bills. So if, he, if, if we think that, he, that we don't want him because he's going to cost 15, 17, 20 plus. Uh, he had a really, really good year this year. Uh, I want to answer some questions on compensatory picks. Um, they are tradable, so you can trade them now. Obviously, you can't trade them till you earn them, so not till next March. You can trade your original third round pick, knowing that you're going to get one back. You know, if you're a good team, you know it's not going to be a ton later than your, in the Bills case, it would be like five or six picks later. It's not a huge deal. So you can trade your third next year for some reason, you know, that's relevant. Also, uh, it's AAV total of the deal. It isn't just first year or last year. It's, it is, they do use AAV in this case, um, no, you know, likely to be earned incentives count, not likely to be in certain incentives do not count. 
toward the formula and it's really easily tracked that we brought it up last week or two weeks ago uh, over the cap does a really great job with uh, canceling them out based on tiers um, and net gains. It's very simple. How many guys did you lose over this $2.2 million threshold that it might sit at? How many guys did you gain over the $2.2 million threshold that it sits at? If you're at a negative loss, they tear each other out. Say you lost three, you only gained two. There's a canceled chart. And then Tremaine Edmonds is kind of on his own. And that's why he's at the highest tier, which is going to be 90, pick 98, uh, somewhere roughly uh, in that range. So that's how the comp pick works. And by all accounts, the Bills aren't going to lose this third round pick. So it is good for once to get back a pick. Um, now, Mike, I think I think it's time. Um, it's time to talk receiver. We do it every show until we don't. Uh, and hopefully, whether it's today, whether it's draft day, hopefully we will get our conclusion at the Bills for Josh Allen weapons. And um, there better know, be just... somebody, Kev. If, if we go this whole offseason, we don't get someone outside of obviously the, the two depth signings we've already had. It's going to feel a little disappointing. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, so Jason doesn't think Buffalo is going to get either. Um, you know, they want a dr- high draft pick for him. Um, so there's definitely some some strong opinions. Diop wants a new contract and it ain't 15 mil. Um, so that's part of the trickiness of this and why maybe things might be leaking either way in this scenario. But I do have to say this episode is brought to you by Sons of Erie. Get out there, www.instagram.com slash Sons of Erie. Brought to you by the Cover One Podcast Network. Um, thank you, Carl. Really appreciate it. Um, we have two new guards for the O-line in Edwards and McGovern. How important it is to grab a tackle such as Darnell Wright to uh, really give Josh um, some security? That's 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 an interesting question because depending on who you speak to, um, Spencer Brown is liked varying levels in this organization and I think highly by Aaron Cromer from what I've been able to gather from players and other people. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Does he need depth? They just signed Q, Quasenberry, uh, to a re-sign, and he was a really good piece, a really good run uh, run blocker, and has been liked in the locker room as well. How much more do they add? Do they added two really decent uh, veteran t- uh, guards into this thing. I still see a high guard mock to the Bills at times. I don't know where that would fit in. Uh, you have Bates already competing with Edwards, already competing with, you know, on the other side with McGovern, who's essentially now, I guess you want to call him entrenched. You know, you have Butker, you have Tommy Doyle. You have more than enough varying levels of talent in the interior. I don't know where I see a high guard. The team's never done it. Um, they've never felt the need to draft a high interior offensive lineman. They spent a little bit in free agency, a cap allocation to offensive lines already in the top 10. I don't know and that, and that, that really does matter. I really don't know where it sits. Um, if they're going to add another asset to the interior offensive line, I don't believe so. So we're going to transition to tackle for a minute. I think they feel fairly set with the three tackles. Always good to have that one does have a little bit of room for a veteran or excuse me, for a rookie tackle. I don't know how high of an asset. If by far there's a glaring tackle sitting there and very high on their board, it's the right selection. I don't know that they force it. And I don't think that they're thinking they need a right tackle right now with the $1 million contract that Spencer Brown's on always noting just like they do um, just like they do with Ed noting the back injuries. So I think that they like Spencer Brown a lot. We'll see uh, that one. We'll get into tackle more definitely on the, on the docket for next week. And Kev, I, I just want to add one quick yeah. thing. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, 
I'm not opposed to the idea, and there's definitely some of us content creators and Bills podcasters that are in favor of it. I can name names, but I'll, I'll choose not to at this moment. I, Darnell Wright would, would be a good fit, and he, I think he would be a solid player on this Bills team at right tackle. The only reason why I don't think that's likely at this moment is if you draft Darnell Wright in the first round or – find a move to get him in the early second, you are essentially committing him to being your starting right tackle. Right. And I don't think the bills are ready to just give up on Spencer Brown. If you draft someone like that at 27, Brown is now a backup in that scenario. So that's the only reason why I wouldn't think that it's likely at this moment, because I, I do believe the bills believe they can get more out of Spencer Brown considering his athletic ability uh, that he brings to, to the table. Yeah, fair enough. I don't believe that that I think they feel fairly decent at DB, and I think they fear fairly decent on the O-line. They really feel two good offensive guard replacements. They feel Spencer Brown coming in healthy. They feel replacing their weakest Lincoln Rogers Saffold. They feel another year of, of, of Bates and Morse together, uh, Dawkins and Brown on the bookends. They feel pretty good. They're bringing back Quisenberry. It's 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 a line that took a big upgrade interior wise, one that's going to definitely see some depth added in the draft and most notably a tackle. I don't know how much they're going to push the tackle or DB spot here um, early in the draft. And that's right. That would have to replace Spencer Brown, which I don't know that they're they're necessarily number one priority right now is to replace the the developing athletic right tackle that played through injury that the offensive line coach likes. I don't know how high that is on the list of things to do. I think getting him another playmate at guard and then replacing Saffold will help the line out a whole bunch. Um, so good point by uh, producer AJ too. Uh, he just uh, messaged, messaged us saying if they do go right tackle in the first round and Spencer Brown were to win the right tackle battle, yeah. fans would absolutely lose their mind. In that scenario, seeing yeah. another first round pick essentially sit on the bench going forward. And then if Brown ends up playing halfway decent, then you feel like you wasted a first round pick because where would be the, the time to change, make a change, which obviously you're happy in that scenario that you're getting solid production, but then you wasted a first round pick on someone you didn't need to go. The next worst start at our offensive lineman was, by all accounts, depending on what metrics you want to use, Spencer Brown. That's why, you know, I, I think that's why we're referring to uh, Spencer a little bit here in this discussion. So they really believe if truly healthy and not receiving back treatments before every game and able to swing and kick um, and, and combo, I, I've been told by other offensive linemen that he is their favorite person to combo block with. So I think Spencer Brown has a lot of clout in the offensive line room uh, that, you know, we don't necessarily see, and especially coming up, we can't say like other players were hampered by injury, whether it was Trey or anyone else. And then, you know, not say the same things when it comes to Spencer Brown, he was definitely rehabbing an injury the entire season. And by what I've been gathered, shouldn't have played. You had days where Quisenberry was out. The team wanted Spencer in there. They already had some banged up in, you know, Doyle was out for the year. They already had some, some injury problems in the offensive line. And Spencer gutted through it, just like we've seen others do, like Cole Beasley did a couple of years ago, and others have gutted. Jordan Poyer have gutted through recently. Spencer Brown is an example. I do think he earns the job. To your point, Mike, I wouldn't love a first-round pick there because you're right. There is a world where that first-round pick is not going to win. 
Uh, now we have an expensive swing tackle who may or may not even be active if they're going to go with Quisenberry as a swing tackle. So to even take it a step further, uh, to sure they could cut Quisenberry, but I do believe they'd want a veteran swing tackle, not a rookie who's getting used to one side or the other. So Quisenberry, to me, most likely bearing injury or awful play, is your swing tackle day one. You would be replacing – you're going to go out of your way to replace Spencer – it's possible there is a world like Wright is highly considered. He is a t- I don't think he's going to be there. I think he's top 25 on all boards right now. He's been that good. But if he is, sure, you want to add good depth, talented players. Uh, but, Mike, you, you're right. It's going to run into some, some Elam situations that we saw last year. The team's not willing to play, blah, blah, blah. No, being picked the best players possible, yes, there was a need at corner. But they felt he was their last graded first-round pick. Uh, that's why they 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 traded the fourth round pick. There is some validation there because I don't think Bean gives away a fourth round pick if he truly doesn't believe that Elam was their last rated first round pick on the board. So they wanted him to v- develop. They didn't feel the need to rush him. He was not always in this cover two scheme and zone coverage, even though he's shown a decent propensity to be able to do it. They didn't think that uh, rushing him in that scenario, coming off of a man cover man situation, uh, press man to go right into the game. And they were right at times. I don't have an issue with how they really dealt with Elam. Uh, I know Bean wanted him to play more from what I've been able to gather. But ultimately, the coaches are there to make decisions, and I don't have a huge issue, to be honest, with how they handled corner. Not the biggest Dane Jackson fan, but um, you're right. You'll run into that situation at tackle if that scenario plays out. So uh, I would like to avoid that, too. Where I don't think that situation will play out, though, is receiver I do think that there is uh, some snaps to be given to receiver. I do think you upgraded Isaiah McKenzie with Hardy. I do think you upgraded Jake Kumaro with Sherfield. You obviously still have Gabe and Stefan. Um, so, and, and, and Khalil Shakir too, who might be your starting slot as of right now. Do the, does the team want to roll with Gabe, Stefan, and Khalil? We'll have to see, but I believe they would enjoy an upgrade. There's been enough chatter with OBJ. Whether it gets done or not, there's been enough chatter with Hopkins, whether it gets done or not, that you don't just look into those options because you're, you know, like we were just talking about at right tackle, because for fun, you are looking to get better at a position you want to get better at. The Bills felt the need to only add Quisenberry at right tackle for now for a reason. They like the future of Spencer Brown. Is that the case at receiver? I believe they want an upgrade, Mike. And that gets into the discussion of OBJ's live present in front of teams right now. I do think it behooves him to finally make his decision here uh, in the coming days uh, to make his selection when when options are robust as compared to after the draft in the DeAndre Hopkins situation. We've gone over the last week. We've had some people nationally, you know, Ben Albright. You've had uh, Wilson from the uh, Houston media. You've had other smaller accounts uh, have some information on on, on Hopkins uh, that seemingly pretty good. You had Pac-Man Jones who – by all accounts is friends with DeAndre Hopkins based on the, 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 the storyline and how you're going to link them say that Buffalo is their number one goal. You had last yesterday being throw a little bit of water on that saying, well, don't just comment it on social media. Don't believe everything you read on social media, which is a good blanket stay. Like, of course not. Like that's a good blanket. We've learned that through 2020. Um, and then into last late, late last night, Tim Graham reporting 1230, uh, about 1230 that he would be bearing uh, what is the exact terminology bearing um, we're going to use the exact term. I don't, I don't want to paraphrase. Yeah. I don't want to paraphrase uh, just for, for transparency purposes. Tim tweeted out 
barring bearing a significant development, the Bills are not trading for DeAndre Hopkins. Significant development. Interesting word choices. Trading for Hopkins in the first place is a significant development. Working out his contracts, a significant development. Arizona lowering their asking price is a significant development. Like at what point, what does that mean? So he has an out with that, in my opinion. Um, Mike, I'm going to bounce it to your opinion first, and then we'll jump back on mine. You believe, tend to believe that tweet, and I'm not saying he's calling in or trolling. It's never been what I said. But do you believe that to be – and then I want your opinion, because you, if you believe that tweet, I want your opinion on what a significant development is. So I do believe okay. the tweet by Tim Grant. That doesn't mean that the Bills are completely out of it and can't have something change between now and the draft. I, what I would take away from that, that tweet is at the current moment, as things stand right now, okay. a deal is not going to get done with, based off of what the Bills have offered and what Arizona is looking for. Is there another team that is offering more? Is there, or is it just Arizona hoping for more at this point? But bar the way, the way I'm looking at it is it's not going to happen today. It's not going to happen tomorrow, later this week, but as time goes by, as the draft gets closer, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows if Arizona changes their asking price? What if they get desperate to unload him? Uh, a significant development could just be time. It could be asking price. It could be uh, what are the bills willing to do? So uh, there's a lot of different factors that, that play a role. Knowing just having followed Tim Graham on Twitter for the last decade, I don't feel like he is the type of person that would tweet something like this just to play the role of media member putting out smoke and putting out things on behalf of the Bills to negotiate through the media. I don't think Tim is putting out inaccurate stuff to help the Bills out in any way. I, I truly believe if Tim puts something like that out there, he has a reason uh, to base it off of. What is interesting, as you pointed out, though, Kev, is there are other informed people that are seemingly close to DeAndre Hopkins that also have NFL ties at a national level that are still connecting the bills in these sweepstakes. So I typically will take Tim's word over national people and other players, just because Tim has a tremendous track record of being correct. And when it comes to the rest of the Buffalo media, I feel like he actually is one of the few that breaks news um, out of the Buffalo media. So I'm going to take him at his word right now. But that doesn't mean things can't change. He said it himself. So my rebuttal to you would be he said it himself that things could change in, in, in as many terms, you know, in as many words. But what could change? So that's always what I've wrapped my head around to. I believe, if anything, his his word is coming from the bill side. Now, Hopkins has oh, been pretty. Though, yeah, that, that's the difference here. I think when you're hearing the players speaking like a Pac-Man Jones, that's Hopkins t- talking to, to Pac-Man. When it's Ian Rappaport, that's him talking to different organizations and different sources around the league, um, trying to tie things together. Hey, what teams are talking to Arizona? Who do you think would be interested in DeAndre Hopkins? Talking to other players, seeing what they're 
what they're talking about in the executives. Tim Graham's sources are deep inside the Bills. He 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 knows the Bills inside out. Obviously, he's not a beat reporter, but he has been spot on with his Bills Stadium talk in the past. He was spot on when the Bills had the ownership change following uh, Ralph Wilson Jr. passing away. He does once in a while break stuff regarding players and um, things like that. So whoever Tim knows inside of the organization, they are definitely feeding him information. Mm-hmm. Now the question is, is that information that the Bills want Tim to get out there because they can benefit from it? Or does Tim truly believe that? Mike, my, 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 my point is though this, by two athletic reporters, two hours apart said the same thing, that that's just random. I, that's that's where I struggle with it. The Kansas they're all City's, talking at these meetings right now. Sure, so they're they're all talking in the same huddles, the same circles. They're the rumor mill is active right now. Th- these owner meetings is when these NFL meetings are when things take place, things happen. And right now, you have all the all the clubs, all the reporters are are in the same place, and things are flying out there. So, yeah. is is it smoke? Is it true? I, we won't really know, Kev, until. Something I agree with. I agree with that, Mike. Actually, I agree with that point you just made. Is it smoke? Is it true? That I agree with. I don't read Tim Grant's tweet as gospel. I don't. I don't read it as end all. I do believe if it, if if it was said and it is true, which I think we are saying it is at this stage of you know I don't think he's clowning. Um, that I think he's hearing it super one sided to throw to throw water on it. I think there's some media control there. And I think that if anyone would have said that to him, maybe above being, maybe around being, it would be maybe the money side. Someone saying like, hey, this is going to cost us too much. It doesn't make any sense. Bearing a change, bearing something drastic, it's not going to work. And maybe the drastic is Hopkins, one of your scenarios, Hopkins taking a different deal. And I think that that's always needed to be the case to get done. There was never a situation from a week ago, this minute to an hour from now, There was never a situation that Hopkins wasn't going to need a a different style of a deal. Life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance because you'll feel protected no matter how the wind blows. All so you can keep enjoying the home of your dreams. And our expert agents can help you save up to 23% when you bundle home with auto. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Israel is 5,690 miles away from the U.S., 11 hours by plane. Hate travels faster. In a comment, in a post, in a second. Jewish hate is up 388% in the U.S., Black hate, Muslim hate, and Asian hate are up too. When one hate rises, they all do. Let's stand up to all hate together. Share and wear the blue square from StandUpToJewishHate.org. Arizona needs to eat some of that money. It was never a, it's never a maybe. It's a yes, that needs to happen. Or the Chiefs are, and then that's what all of a sudden, now you have the Chiefs out. Now you have the Bills out, potentially bearing something drastic, and you have others that he doesn't want to play for. So is he going to go back to Arizona playing with, you know, who knows what, who knows how long Kyler Murray's out? He wants to win a ship now. It's going to end well for Hopkins, meaning it's not going to end on Arizona. 
Is he going to play with Colt McCoy, David Blau from, you know, the UFA from Minnesota? Like it's, it's not, that's not going to be a thing for him. So, so it is going to need okay, to work so out. He's going to need that. to take less money to facilitate a deal. And just yesterday they've reported access to Hopkins for these teams, whether it's the chiefs, the Ravens, the bills, uh, the Raiders. I've heard that, 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 and, and Ian, Ian Rappaport went on, um, uh, McAfee show who was tuned in, who's been tuned into the Rogers situation. He's been tuned into the Hopkins situation, who still says, likes to remind us of the Buffalo soldier. They sing it every time that, that the topic comes up. And yes, Rappaport, some people are saying, well, he didn't say anything. And some people are saying, well, look, he said the bills are in. He didn't say either, but he made sure to, to shoot down the Raiders after hearing the list of available teams. The Raiders don't make any sense and didn't say anything about new information that, that yes, and the bills as well. Raiders and Bills don't make any sense. Would have said that easily. So on a national level, so that so shows me that Tim's maybe if if anywhere he's talking to the financial side, or there's some agenda there by the Bills and the Chiefs to kind of do something that's like, let's get well, this asking ask you, price down. What incentive would a person inside the Bills organization have for giving that information to Tim if it mm-hmm. wasn't true? So if if it's true, then think about it. To they, lower no, the no, asking price from the rookie GM, Kev. That I'm getting to the point. Don't worry. If if you're Brandon Bean or you're someone in the Bills organization, there there's many reasons why you would want fans to think that the Bills wouldn't likely get him. First of all, it takes the pressure off of you. It calms the waters a little bit. You don't have everyone freaking out every single day. Are we going to trade for D-Hop? Are we not going to trade for him? What are we going to give up? So it takes a little bit of the fire and the urgency out of it uh, from the fan base, first off, because their expectations are lowered. Uh, Secondly, if you look at negotiating through the media, you're basically telling Arizona, yeah, we're not not desperate for him. We can wait this out. If you want to stick with him, fine. Pay DeAndre Hopkins. Have him stuck in a bad situation. He can be your problem. We'll, We'll figure this out in the draft. We'll We'll go after OBJ. We'll we'll sign someone. We'll be okay in Buffalo. And so I think those would be the two biggest reasons if you're someone in the Bills organization and you still theoretically want DeAndre Hopkins, but you want to cool the waters. Um, and that could be possible. It, I guess it's also certainly possible that the Bills really could be out of it. But at, at this point, it's too early to know the truth about it because, as you mentioned, Kev, a lot of people have tied DeAndre Hopkins to Kansas City, but the money situation with them is would be difficult to make that work uh, without Arizona retaining money. Would Hopkins want to play uh, with Baltimore? I don't know any receiver that would really want to play with Baltimore right now, not knowing what's going on with their quarterback situation. The Raiders, as you said, Ian Rappaport said, unlikely with them already having Devontae Adams. So there's only a limited amount of teams that really can make this move for him. And then also also give him the contract he wants, consider, considering he wants to play for a winner. So I won't say that I've given up on the idea, but I'm definitely not feeling 60-70% likely. Uh, I'd say it, it's a possibility, but uh, I, I don't want to put okay. a percentage on it because w- there's too many uncertain things that are floating around this right now. I will say to your point, the reason that this, why they would do that, they have a young GM from Tennessee who likes to run the ball. He's been into a system that they, they've been efficient, playing good defense, playing sound football, turnover free, 
with a very solid offensive line and running well. The first thing this individual wants to do is not come and trade his premium receiver, his premium asset to further say, we're going to run the ball now. Look, we just traded. We don't have a quarterback's hurt. That's just not the mark a new GM wants to do. The Bills and the Chiefs and maybe other teams know that. And at some point, his value is going to need to happen and come down so that he can get an asset free of actual cash, not just cap space, actual cash, June 1st cash, cap especially, and then get on with his with his with his organization because the player's most likely not going to play there. I do believe if the Bills make a splash, it needs to be at receiver too. And Mike, I want to ask you real quickly, and then we're going to bring up we're going to bring up AJ for his opinion on this topic and where he kind of sees both of us, one of us, mix. Um, Mike, what is your percentage that the Bills acquired D Hop and or OBJ? Just a simple number. I don't need a long form. Just a simple number. Can I do one for D Hop sure. and then one for the either or? So yeah. I'll put it at thirty percent chance that they get Hopkins. Okay. And if you said either or Hopkins or yeah OBJ, I'll rise that up to like forty five percent. I feel okay. like if they lose out on one, that might then get them to be more active and uh, going out there more to get the other. I do want to say one last thing. I saw a comment here uh, mentioning that with the Bills, their big moves seem to come out of nowhere. Um, and there's been a lot of people I've seen on Twitter saying, well, don't ever believe smoke because things don't leak from one Bills drive. I respect that opinion. And typically in the past, there is merit to that. The difference is in this situation, you have three different players involved. Uh, you have the Bills organization, you have the Cardinals organization, and you have DeAndre Hopkins. So while the Bills, if it's a free agent, can can keep things quiet and keep things within their house, the Bills have no control over what DeAndre Hopkins is leaking to other people, and they have no control over what the Cardinals are leaking to other people. So there is the possibility that this could be legitimate smoke, even if uh, it's not typical for the bills to have big moves after being connected to rumors. I know we always talk about how the bills are connected to running backs and it never happens. Some of mm-hmm. that is Ill- illegitimate smoke, but I wouldn't just say that this is fake. It, it seems like there's too many people tying this together. People that are respected in the NFL media, like Aaron Wilson um, and some other uh, prominent names for me to think that this isn't uh, something that the Bills are actually pursuing. And Aaron Wilson was one of them. Uh, Looking forward to see AJ's kind of thoughts on this, Um, but we'll be right back with you after a word from our sponsor. AJ, pleasure to have you up. Producer AJ Sabolski has been tuned in and dialed into this scenario and other scenarios. See him on Spaces, see him on Twitter, see his takes and opinions there. Appreciate having you on. I know you got a chance to listen to Mike and I's discourse um, on uh, Hopkins and OBJ. Before we bring you up, I have it at about 10, believe it or not, as much as we're different, deferring. Um, on the report, I still have it at about a 10% likelihood they trade for Hopkins, but my OBJ number is still 35%. So Mike and I come in at 45% each on a total comp, which is the best part you about have it this. 10% for the Bills getting 
I do. The whole time we're making these <laughs> arguments, I'm thinking I only said 30% because I thought you were going to say something like 50, 60%. I was going to go 20% originally, and now I feel like a fool because you're guiding me. <laughs> Come on. I man. believe I'm just I'm just keeping it just a hundred on. I'm changing it. Change. My number is now 20% for D. But yours is super low on OBJ, though. Like you're I'm, I'm you're, gonna go to 20% for D Hopkins, and I'll say. 30% total that they get Hopkins or OBJ. If I knew you were going to do that, my numbers would have been way <laughs> I was shocked you went so – I'll be honest. That's where I was. I was at 30 to 40% at its highest. Um, and, you know, until I hear otherwise right now. And regardless of what Tim Graham says, I don't know where Arizona's head is at with this and their, and their realism of this trade. AJ, let's hear it from you. What do you got? Yeah, I'll, I'll do um, like 15 20% for the – D hop probably probably fifteen. I'll go right in the middle. I'll go right in the middle, you guys. I'll go fifteen percent for D hop. I'll go thirty five percent for OBJ. Okay, so um, you're at a fifty fifty likelihood they get one or the other. I mean, yeah, yeah. Think about it like that. Yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I'm not. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll jot that number for OBJ down to thirty. So I'm forty five percent. Okay, I'm right there. I I think they address in the draft. Um, but. I mean, they could, you know, they could shock me, but I don't know. I just think there's been a lot of reports on both sides, you know, looking at it in the grand scheme of things. So I think what Tim Graham, what he said does have weight. And I think like Mike said earlier, like, I think that's something that um, might not happen right away, but it could happen down the road. So, yeah, I think to Nikki's point, I think there's a better chance the Chiefs get Hopkins. Um, I don't know that, that that scares me, but. We'll, we'll I'm going to throw that. more numbers at you, AJ. What do Let's you think on. there is a better chance of – I don't need percentages or anything. What is there a better chance that the Bills go into the regular season with their current wide receivers without a major addition? Second option is OBJ or Hopkins. Third option is they draft someone in the first two rounds. Third. Kev, what, what do you stand Run those by me again? First option is they just run it with their current squad. Yeah. Okay. Khalil Fakir is the three. Yeah. Hardy is the four, whatever you want to do with that. Second option, they get either Hopkins or OBJ. Third option, they draft someone in the first two rounds at wide receiver. Uh, it's not one. I don't believe they're going to run it as is. So definitely scratching off one. I I, I – at 45%, but for number two happening, as, as I've already stated, um, I'm at about the same for, for three. So those are even to me. I'm still leaning that they're going to go veteran on it right this second. But the odds that they do two or three is is super high. Um, or an or statement, two or three, not and. So that the, the, I'm, I'm probability of them of one or the other happening is pretty high. Um, so... I merge those two together. How yeah. likely is it going to be to add to receiver two? I think 80%. Like I because think it's, we, it's we talked about this two weeks ago where you asked and he, I think even last week you asked AJ had said, would you rather have Hopkins, Jerry, Judy? Um, I think there was a couple other players. In the um, I ended up saying yeah. Jerry, Judy was the guy I wanted to go after, but that doesn't seem to be a realistic possibility at this time. The Broncos, look like they're seemingly trying to hold on to him um, unless some crazy offer comes um, comes through. 
But when I look at it, my, my whole approach going into the offseason was I wanted one of those first-round pick wide receivers. And as much as DeAndre Hopkins excites me, believe me, I would be going crazy if the Bills acquired him. I'm still really intrigued by the, the top four wide receivers in this class. If a Zay Flowers falls, uh, a Jackson Smith and Jigbo, I know it doesn't seem likely now with all of his testing and um, pro days and stuff like that. But if a Jackson Smith and Jigbo fell, or even a Jordan Addison, I still think I pluck one of those guys uh, in a heartbeat and then try to go linebacker second round. Now, I, I just – the only thing that halts me with that thought process is that we just have not seen Brandon Bean target wide receivers early in the draft since coming to Buffalo. It's been through free agency and trades. The Gabe Davis is, I think, the, the only wide receiver that the Bills have really targeted in the top four rounds since Brandon Bean was here. Um, believe wasn't Zay Jones McDermott's. Uh, was he part of McDermott's first draft? Uh, yeah. um, second round back then but I, I really hope the Bills are willing to take a gamble on one of those guys if they fall to 27 I, I'll roll with whoever they pick but if it was down to Zay Flowers or a right tackle or Zay Flowers and a linebacker I want to pick the wide receiver there get someone on a, a, five, a four year deal and then have the uh, the fifth year option, that to me will be critical uh, if they don't end up making a big move before them. Yeah, especially with you know Diggs and Shakir, the only guys right now under contract past twenty twenty four. So you're looking at if you add that rookie, you're able to get him for four years, and I think that would really help you know the the longevity of this of this receiving core, and hopefully a guy that you can develop um, with behind Gabe Davis for a year not behind him because he's probably going to be a slot guy, but learn from them and then, you know, rise to the occasion in a sophomore season and help, you know, this team develop along the way. I'm a fan of attacking. If let's say that that number option two that you proposed does not happen. I am a fan at going after a receiver in the draft high. Uh, I think 27s for sure. I think you could even see them knowing now that they need to add to the room uh, that they could come up a little bit and they did it before they've done it before come up hold on to that second round pick under most circumstances because you need it for linebacker, but come up um, any way possible to, to secure above a couple of teams. And maybe you see an Addison fall uh, who's projected and in, in, on most boards I've seen anywhere from, from 13 to 25. Um, you know, where does Smithing Jigba go? That's going to be a good question. And one that we're going to talk about all of April, like so hopefully this is where we're going to spend our time linebacker D line, receiver i mean it's gonna we're gonna spend a, a, a multitude of of shows and sessions talking about those those rooms and to me you don't send brian gain one of their, their head scouts one of the head pro boston personnel college. guys yep. in front to boston college for fun uh he was there googly eyed and and um he's going to report back on his opinions of zay flowers i think to me he's a natural super slot player who's going to immediately upgrade that position and do things differently than you, than you even saw from Beasley and really a day one, um, a really a day one slot that you're able to, to be 
conducting major, major scheme changes for. So to me, that's the kind of player that I believe that Gaines going to go back and say, 27, we didn't secure the veteran receiver. That's the way I'm going to go with it. And then Flowers is said to be as smooth as a pro day as anyone uh, uh, has ever had. You tie that into what uh, Downs was able to do as well. There were some scouts there that have said really good things from Downs. Um, so between the two, uh, it's going to be a really interesting debate on what to do at 27. And that's not counting John's, uh, you know, Johnson falling, uh, NJB, um, you know, whatever. And our boy, our boy Uber Hans just had a nice tweet too. And we're going to let AJ ask a question in a second. He just ranked his top 11 wide receivers who he wants to be joining Diggs and Davis. Number one, he had Jackson Smith and Jigba. Then he had Hunter Renfro, probably not likely there. Zay Flowers, then he has Hopkins, Josh Downs. Lower on the list, he has guys like Deontay Hardy and uh, Khalil Shakir, Trent Sherfield, and Odell Beckham Jr. So Uber is very high on, on some of these first-round pick guys. And like you said, Kev, Zay Flowers, you're not sending Gaines, Brian Gaines to Boston College for nothing. If he somehow falls to 27. If him or Jackson Smith and Jigba fall to 27, me personally, I have zero doubt in my mind. I go right up to the 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 board, the podium. I make my pick. I don't have a second guess at all in me. I, I take either of those guys in one second if they're there. Yeah, no. yeah, I would agree with you, Mike. I would agree with you, Mike. But I got a question for you guys. Ready, Mike? A third and fifth. Mm -hmm. For Hopkins or JSN at 27, what would you pick? God, I, I would love Hopkins, but if you told me the Bills could get Jack Jackson Smith and Jigba at 27 and not have to give up their third and the fifth, I'm taking Jackson Smith and Jigba. Ohio State is wide receiver U in college football. They produce the best receivers in the land at the current moment. And a lot of people already know some of the names, but Jackson Smith and Jigbo was the star of the Rose Bowl, not this past year, but the year before, an Ohio State team that had Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Both of those players will say on the record during interviews that Jackson Smith and Jigbo was the best wide receiver among that group. Olave and Wilson both just had 1,000-yard seasons as rookies in the NFL. That's not easy to do as a wide receiver. Think about the guys that have just come out of Ohio State and are continuing to come out of Ohio State. Two years ago, or a few years back, Ohio State at one time had, and you're, you're going to, this is going to blow your minds. They had Chris Olave, they had Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, they had Marvin Harrison Jr., and Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams ends up transferring to Alabama just to see the, the field. But the guys that come out of Ohio State are trained by Brian Hartline. They, it, it's basically what the U used to be, Miami used to be for running backs back when they had Frank Gore, Wills McGahee, Clinton Portis. That's what Ohio State is for wide receivers. So if you told me you could get a young first-round talent. Um, Israel is 5,690 miles away from the U.S., 11 hours by plane. Hate travels faster. In a comment, in a post, in a second. 
Jewish hate is up 388% in the U.S. Black hate, Muslim hate, and Asian hate are up too. When one hate rises, they all do. Let's stand up to all hate together. Share and wear the blue square from StandUpToJewishHate.org. Welcome to BreezeLine, where you'll get a Cyber Monday deal on lightning-fast Internet to shop quickly and securely this holiday season. Get 500 megabits Internet for $39.99 per month and a $100 Visa prepaid reward card when you order online, just in time for the holidays. Plus, free Wi-Fi your way to keep cyber threats out and shopping safe. Wrap up this deal and stay secure all year long. Terms and conditions apply. Offer ends November 30th. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. At a steel position like 27, because let's be real, Jackson Smith and Jigbo was healthy last year. He might have had a top 10 pick uh, or even even closer to the five, maybe. I, I'm taking Jackson Smith and Jigbo all day. You put him as your number three, your slot guy, you're giving Josh Allen a weapon for the next five years. And then when eventually guys like Diggs and uh, move on and – you have a person that you can rely on down and going into the future. So I know I've gone on and on and on and on, but I take him in a second. I don't know about you, Kev. Um, The difference is three and a five for a guaranteed player that could come and change the game. You keep your one, you keep your two, you're using that one to select the player. Um, so to me, you still can do something with the top two picks in the top 60. I'm taking the, I'm taking the Hopkins route because he needs to be game plan for day one. Um, he would add legitimacy to your offense. You don't have to guess on how good he's going to be. You know who he is and what he's able to do with his catch point, his hands and what he could do to a game. I think a three and a five is high. I think that's higher than I'd like to pay, but if that's the current number that they'd settle on, that's about my max that I'd pay in this scenario. So three and a five, I'm going Hopkins, but that doesn't mean I don't like the other route. If Jay, if I'm guaranteed, that's a different, you can't guarantee me JSN is going to be there in one. I think you're going to need a one and a three and a five to go get JSN. So to me, I think it might be the same that you're sending the same compensation plus the one um, in order to come up to get JSN. So that's kind of how I'm looking at it as well that JSN doesn't come at, at number at, at 27 there, there there's, yeah. James says there's 0% chance. Um, but it's a fun hypothetical. First of all. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, second yeah. of all, there was a time entering the off season where there were people that thought that Jackson Smith and Jake, Buck could fall to the second round due to his health and health issues last year at Ohio state and his lack of playing. There were reports he could fall down into the 30s. Mm-hmm. We're also talking about a group of four right now. It doesn't have to be just Jackson Smith and Jigba. It could be Zay Flowers. It mm-hmm. could be Jordan Addison, uh, Quinton Johnson um, from TCU. Uh, I hope I just said his name right. But the fact is... Quinton Johnson, yeah. Yeah, any four of those guys fall to the Bills at 27, you have a person that you could take that you could immediately slot into the top three of your receiving core and no hesitation. I know there's some talk that this isn't the deepest draft at wide receiver, but even a weak wide receiver draft nowadays is better than any wide receiver draft 10, 15 years ago, because 10, 15, 20 years ago, they weren't 
doing the offensive schemes in high school and college that you see now. Hell, people playing peewee football at 10 are throwing the ball 20 yards down the field. So all these wide receivers are uber talented. And I actually think that that was a tough question. Like, who do you take? Do you take Hopkins? I'll take a step further, Mike. What about OBJ at no pick compensation? We know you got you know where I stand with OBJ. I liked the idea last year of him coming onto the Bills for a playoff run, hopefully on the cheap. What has changed since that point? We've learned that OBJ doesn't want to play on a very cheap prove it deal. And that doesn't mean he's gonna warrant a fortune, but he's definitely not playing for next to nothing. Brandon Bean just said he won't bring in any free agents that will impact the comp formula going forward. He wants to keep everybody under the $2 million. Now, would he make an exception for OBJ? Maybe. He doesn't Uh, count against the formula. Oh, my bad. Kev, that's why you're here. You're here to correct me when I say something stupid. Yeah, he was a free agent. His his process ended last May, actually, for counting against the comp formula. Wasn't thinking about that. He's a unique scenario. You know what? you know, sometimes you make mistakes. That was one of them for me, but granted going forward with OBJ, I'm not against it. It's just, I think there are better options out there going forward. If you have a Hopkins, you know, you're getting a premier wide receiver. While he'll have a tremendous cost. He will, he'll, he deserves what he will get contract wise. If you go first round round pick wide receiver, you know you're getting a top prospect that could make an impact on your team for the next four or five years if you use them right. We really don't know what we would get out of OBJ. I'm not against the idea. I was for it last year. I'm okay if they go pursue it. But I do not want to get him on an expensive deal. Give him a two-year deal offer. Agreed. Minimal Agreed. money and hope he, he takes it. If he And if he finds a better deal somewhere else, more power to him. Yeah, I would I would go the uh, – I'm the, I, I would rather have a JS Center a tougher receiver than OBJ just because of the uncertainty with the age. And I don't know how much he's going to cost. But I would rather do Hopkins for a third and a fifth than – get a top four. I just think the impact Hopkins would have on this team, you know, it would open up stuff for Gabe Davis. It would help out digs. Um, and like Kevin said, you still have your first and second to work with. <clears throat> so I just think, I just think Hopkins is such a special player. Um, I think he can still, you know, play good football for the, you know, for the, for the Buffalo Bills, if he were to go, but I'm also a big advocate for if they don't get either, like it's not panic time. It's not panic mode. A lot of people, you know, have discussed and share their opinion now that, people are starting to talk about Hopkins possibly not coming um, that, you know, kind of overreacting about the whole thing. So it's just, if they don't get either, I'm still confident. Um, there's still a whole regular season of, of a trade deadline, you know, maybe Ed isn't performing or a, a guy you, you can use to get some assets at the, at the trade deadline. If you say you're in a good spot, you're doing really well in the division and you want to go get that guy, uh, you know, that puts you over the top of Brandon Ayuk. Um, maybe he's not Dell or maybe Rashad Bateman, like this Bills are electric just said. You, you can you can get guys in the regular season. Um, so there's no rush. I don't think it's panic mode. And, and like I said, this team has 
all pros all over the, all over the place. Like Dan Dawkins has been stellar. Mitch Morris is a good center. Um, Bates is Bates is pretty good. Um, I mean, Diggs obviously. Gabe Davis hopefully doesn't get injured. You have Dawson Knox who is only getting better. Um, I don't know. Just across and then across the board on defense at every level. Um, that middle linebacker that comes in in the draft or or whatnot. He's just going to be behind. You know, playing with all pros at every level. Um, so it's it's an interesting thing. But if if they don't do either OBJ or D Hop, I don't think it's the end of the world. Yeah. So. Yeah, we have lots of viewers, guys. If you could hit the like button, smash the like button. That is very important for us to continue to bring great content. It boosts producer AJ's numbers. Uh, so we really appreciate anybody smashing that like button, uh, continuing to bring out great footage. We'll bring out short clips of this. And obviously, all of our on-demand listeners, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc., hit the five stars. That's very uh, impactful for our future content creation and from Sons of Erie as well. So we appreciate everybody getting into this like it's been an interesting last four or five days where it is much said by anyone in the national media that the bills are in on everything and they're in it to a one to five percent level of what we actually think according to bean but that doesn't mean that the one player he might be in on is not one percent that's he's probably in on that guy a lot more but everybody else is borderline zero percent but we just have to sift through who actually is the closer to 50 to 100% in on rate. One thing I found interesting, AJ, I know you watched it, was OBJ mm-hmm. in terms of him bringing him up organically. Yeah, No one asked about him. No one cared. No one said, you're in on him. You offer him a contract. He happened to fly out to Arizona, I believe, right? Isn't that the report from Josina Anderson, not Baltimore? Um, yeah. He's there for a reason. Um, ultimately, to me, that's a, as good of a sign as we've had from the start on him getting closer to signing a deal to somebody. And I think once that happens, to Mike's point earlier, it does increase the frequency and the, you know, really the the motivation of another team that didn't get OBJ to now. Hey, I don't. I think to my point though, like not having to give up assets is huge in the OBJ discussion because you still have your gamut of draft picks. You don't have to do anything crazy to secure a starting receiver in your offense. He brought him up organically, which I thought was thought was interesting. It's something that I don't see him do a ton, especially on a player not on. He made sure to say Hopkins wasn't on the roster. He was on Arizona, but brought up naturally OBJ, who we know and I know with confidence, different than the Hopkins scenario, with confidence they like. What's your opinion on when this resolution ends? And to me, for as much of a poker as he just put on this league, this league meeting, that was a slight tell that they're definitely going to, and, and McDermott as well earlier from Mookie, a clip from Mookie posted um, of OBJ uh, to Sean McDermott, who will say usually nothing. Uh, so what is your opinion on him organically bringing up OG, OBJ in a scenario now he's showing up for the last 24 hours of the owners meetings? Yeah, it was interesting. I think that when you look at, when I was watching the press conference and I saw that, uh, I didn't really think much of it, but then you brought it to my attention and I went back to it. I'm listening to the audio and he just, he did bring him up um, when he was asked about D hop. He's like, you know, we're always looking at talent of like, you know, guys like OBJ. Um, so <clears throat> it was interesting. Um, I, I think there's, and you guys, I know it's not much talked about anymore because he tore his ACL, he's rehabbing, but Buffalo is a great destination. He's got a really good friend in Von Miller on the team. He has a real, they're, they're, you know, they have a great quarterback. This team has a great quarterback. Um, he would contribute. He could be used all over the place. So I think, you know, it's more possible for me than Hopkins at this point, just because of that, Kevin. Like they don't have to eat cap. They don't have to give up 
you know, a, a draft pick to obtain this guy, a guy that when he would, the last time we saw him play was really good. Um, mm-hmm. I know it was a long time ago, but that's still relevant. So it's interesting. Um, and, you know, I, I know, I know, like you said, Brandon Bean's always looking to add to this roster, to this, you know, skill, you know, playmakers for Josh Allen, guys that can separate, guys that can get upfield. And, you know, a guy like OBJ would move the needle as long as he could stay healthy and get back into, you know, football shape. But that's, that's remained to be seen. The best thing of OBJ, he continues to bring your entire draft class with you in four weeks. So that's the that's the nugget around OBJ. One thing that doesn't need to be mentioned about OBJ too is we don't know if he is washed up or not. There's a lot of fans saying he's old, he's tore his ACL twice, he's done. We don't know that he's done. A lot will be contingent on how he actually recovers from this ACL injury. Now, the good news is this isn't something like Trey White where he got hurt and a year later you're trying to get him back on the field. OBJ just missed an entire season. So between the Super Bowl that he last played in and won and the next time he plays a a game, a regular season game, you'll be talking about something like close to 20 months. He's going to have more than enough time to get on the field. Mm-hmm. And you will have more – the Bills have had ample opportunities to see if they think he still has it from his latest workouts uh, overall, and that they still have interest after those workouts. That would make me believe they believe he showed up well. When you're looking at OBJ, it's all about the expectations. What are you getting if you sign a guy like that? So there's going to be some fans that are going to be wanting – 85 catches, 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns. That's not what you're getting when you sign Odell Beckham Jr. to the Bills. He hasn't had a season like that since he was 24 with the Giants. His first three years in the league were was maybe one of the best three-year runs by a, a, a first-year, second-year, third-year player, wide receiver in the history of the game. It's one of the best three-year runs ever. Uh, for a person that early in his career. But that's, you're talking about 2016. Seven years ago was the last time OBJ had a truly elite season. He had 1,000 yards in 2018 and over 1,000 yards in 2019 when he had his first season in Cleveland. But it's been a long time. I think reasonably, if he comes to Buffalo and he's healthy, you're looking at a guy that will probably have somewhere between 50 to 60 catches and maybe seven, maybe. 700 to 800 yards and five, six touchdowns. What is that worth to the bills? I would say that's a guy that you would want to spend maybe five, six, seven million for, and and you would be content with it. I think the reason why he's such a polarizing player for most fans is people are either thinking that he's going to bring greatness or they're saying he sucks. He's 30 years old. DeAndre Hopkins is 30 years old. Stephon Diggs is 29 years old. We can't be saying he's washed up when these other guys are basically the same age. And if we're going to say that OBJ can't recover from the ACL injury, then what are we doing with Von Miller, who is three, four years older than OBJ and just suffered a second ACL injury? So if we're going to say OBJ is washed up because he's over 30 and he has two ACL injuries, then we might as well give up on Von Miller because that's an even... even worse situation as far as age um, in position. So 
I'm open to the Bills signing him. But it has to work out. He has to sign a deal that works for out for the Bills. And I don't know if he's willing to do that. But this whole Arizona owners meeting thing, it is interesting, uh, to say the least, how it's all working out. Yeah, I think he's his agent got in there. He's ready to get in front of some final owners before making a decision. Baltimore being one clearly on what's going to happen with Lamar. And you know, I'm assuming that's that's at the top of his list. And then he's going to make his decision on conceivably, you know, looking at Baltimore, KC, Buffalo, and maybe some others. So I do believe he's 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 honing in on that decision. And I think it creates a trickle effect. Say you take KC out of the game, they sign OBJ, all of a sudden that lowers a landing spot for other receivers and something opens up with Hopkins. Some, sometimes two or three moves happen, boom, 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 because they kind of line up. So I think that maybe you got you get a Judy trade, you get an OBJ destination selection, and then you get where the final Hopkins destination might go. So I, I think that they, in these cases, some of these final dominoes in the receiver position will come to a fold in, 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 in securing up this receiver one slash receiver two kind of dilemma that a few teams are currently in. And the... Uh, Arizona Cardinals GM finally looking good to his ownership group as a new GM and getting the most out of Hopkins. So it's, we've talked about OBJ since Mike early on, like since November. Uh, (laughs) Too long. I just want this to be over with. Just give us a resolution, Kevin. Sign them or don't just let us move on. The problem is we're going to probably see that solution finally, and we'll still continue to talk about it and then hopefully put it to bed Um, unless he's a bill. Then we'll talk about how he affects the bills. Uh, on game day now, not just in the free agent market, but we'll be continuing to bring you breaking news throughout it. Follow all of us on Twitter. Uh, you can see our handles right there on your screen. If you're an on-demand listener, I'm at Kevin Masseri, at Mike underscore, but at AJ Cebulski. Um, We're going to bring you everything we got from any point that we have. AJ brings a great conceptual thinking decisions that he, he likes to talk about. Uh, I'll bring you whatever I can as well. And Michael will continue to help bring the news too. Um, so we're feeling pretty good. We have Ant coming up next to talk about ranking the position needs and on his show coming up at nine o'clock here on the cover one sports network. So that's going to be interesting to kind of pick this conversation up. And I uh, believe his show, he's going to kind of rank what he thinks these, these, these positions we talked about today and where they rank on the needs list uh, for the bill. So tune into that at nine o'clock. We have stuff going all week long from all of our shows and we're excited to bring back at you next Tuesday to talk draft unless we get a big move. And you can find myself and AJ and sometimes Mike now on Spaces on Twitter. So make sure you tune in and you hear our thoughts live uh, on Spaces. And it's a cool platform. You guys can interact vocally, kind of ask your questions. You can kind of get in what you think. Uh, it's fun. It's it's really just like this, uh, less informal, um, no production notes, and all just all talking and, and opinions. And, and you can talk about things like the Tim Graham tweet um as you're trying to get you know before bed so make sure you tune into us there on spaces and we do a cover one in friends friday morning as well with chris kepner who's on spaces as well uh and aaron quinn uh, will do that too so it's really cool um way to interact with everybody and i have a lot of listeners and followers in here now that that watch the show and then we, we you know we talk about it on spaces so shout out to everybody from the twitter spaces world as well a good big community over there uh, it's fun to to interact, but please five stars on Apple Podcast. Please smash the like button here today. And from our show sponsor, Sons of Erie, www.instagram.com slash Sons of Erie. Uh, we truly believe um, they have some of the best small batch 
artistic designs out there. So we, we are glad to have them here in cover one and from the going deep podcast, but tune into ant show here in 30 minutes. We got Mike, we got producer AJ and we got myself. We'll be back at you next week at seven full draft. And we're going to bring you this and more if there's any breaking news. So we'll be right back at you in one week from today. Josh Allen, looking deep, going deep. To me, talking about the Bills, what else would you rather be doing? We're hoping to add a, a new dimension to the Cover One Network. Slings it deep downfield, Right now, I just want to talk about this championship level. I've never had a championship caliber team to talk about. I want to focus more on the storylines each week. What are the big stories going on with the Bills? What are uh, thoughts, commentary? How do these things impact Buffalo? Deep drop. Deep throw. And it is pulled in for the touchdown. Allen deep to the end zone and caught for a touchdown. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.